person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Barnardot Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at Garden City UMC. at second to come down. We're continuing in our series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're almost done. We got, we got three or four more weeks. We'll be done around Easter time. And um, today we're, we're talking about prayer and, and the, the work that prayer is doing. So we're in Matthew chapter 7, starting on verse 7. Here's what it says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to you who ask him? In everything you do to others, as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. In everything you do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever had a friend who said, I'll be there if you need anything. And then when you actually need them, they're not available. Now I've probably been that friend a lot more than I've had that done to me. But I remember when we first moved uh, into a new church doing youth ministry, it was when Ruth was a baby. Uh, she's one year old. And we had said, oh man, there's so many teenage girls in this youth group, you'll never want for a babysitter. You've got babysitters coming out your ears. And, uh, and they said, we'll, you know, we'll babysit for you. You'll have free babysitting all the time. And uh, so I remember the first time that we needed a babysitter or wanted a babysitter. I don't think we need anything. We just want to go on a date. Uh, so we call up these teenage girls and one after another, they said, oh no, I'm busy. Oh no, I have this other thing. Oh no, I've got a volleyball tournament. Oh no, I just don't want to. <laughs> Which is fine, right? At least you didn't lie to me. But, you know, there, there was this situation where people have these good intentions about helping you out, but then sometimes when you actually need the help, no one's available. And sometimes I think when I read this passage, when Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you, I'm wondering if Jesus is like that. He said to ask and it will be given to me. Well, guess what? I've asked Jesus for things that were not given to me. What's the deal, Jesus? Did you just have some good intentions that you didn't follow through on? I've knocked in prayer on the door of heaven and felt like I've had those doors slammed in my face. Was Jesus just saying that stuff because he had good intentions of answering my prayers? Or is there something deeper that I'm missing in this passage? Now, I, I don't think 
spoiler alert, I don't think Jesus was misleading us when he said this. I don't think that Jesus is letting us down. So I started wondering, where's the disconnect here? Where's the disconnect between what Jesus is teaching us in this passage and my real lived experience of prayer? I think it revolves around the word it. Right? Jesus says, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and you will find. So what is this it that we're asking for that will be given to us? What is, what is the it that we're supposed to be praying about? Here's a few different options that we have as people. The first option that kind of immediately jumps to my mind is that it is anything that I want to ask for. Anything at all that I ask for God, he will then deliver to me. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what happens. But there are whole strains of churches that teach this. It's called prosperity gospel. And what the prosperity gospel says is that God will give you anything that you ask for. And if you don't receive the thing that you ask for, it's because you didn't ask good enough. It's because you didn't have enough faith or you didn't have enough belief that it was going to come to you. And so the reason that you didn't get healed of your sickness is because you didn't have enough faith when you prayed. Or the reason that you don't have enough money to make ends meet is because you didn't have enough faith to give to their ministry so that you could receive back tenfold. And so this is, this is the prosperity gospel message is that the it in that Jesus is telling you to seek, knock, and ask for is anything at all that you want as long as you have enough faith to back it up. Guys, I don't think this really fits with the God that we read about in the bulk of the Bible, right? Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, it's not like we have to, to generate all this faith, whatever that means, for, for God to answer our prayers in the way we want. I, I don't think Jesus in here is guaranteeing that we will get literally anything we ask for in prayer just as long as we have enough faith. I don't think the prosperity gospel has it on this account. I don't think that, that squares with the, the God that we read about in Scripture. So the second thing that it could be, it could be anything we want. It could be that the it that we're praying for is some mystical, impossible to know will of God that if we can just get that right, then, then it will be answered. Like there's some, some knowledge that we're supposed to have, but we don't have, and it's beyond us. And if we could just figure out what the will of God is and pray for that, then we'll receive it. And you know, this is kind of how the pagan gods worked back in the day. Y'all remember studying uh, Greek gods and Greek mythology back in high school, I'm sure. Um, these are the gods that the people in the culture worshipped. And these folks were capricious. If you weren't exactly reading their minds of what they wanted, they were going to punish you. There's all kinds of stories of the Greek gods punishing people for these weird reasons because they didn't get it exactly right. You never knew how they were going to respond. There's this one story of this guy was just minding his own business, hunting. This guy loved to hunt while, while Artemis was out bathing. 
And the goddess Artemis was, was bathing, and this guy's just looking for a deer, and he just happens to stumble upon her and see the goddess naked. And so she got mad, even though he didn't do anything on purpose, she got mad and turned him into a deer, and then he got killed by his own hunting dogs. That's a Greek myth. It's real. I mean... You, who knows? You, know, you just got to watch out just in case you stumble across a Greek goddess bathing. That, that's, that's so capricious of these gods. You can't trust them. But, but it's, it's, it fits in with this idea that there's something we're supposed to be doing that we don't know about. And if we could just get it right and pray for that, well, gods will give it to us. Niobe is another Greek myth. The daughter of Tantalus who, who got her whole family murdered just because they thought she was a little too uppity. <laughs> they thought she was a little bit too prideful. And so the goddesses, the gods and goddesses came and murdered all of her sons and daughters with arrows. And then they didn't allow them to be buried. And then, just for good measure, they turned her into stone so that she could be perpetually cross in the state of mourning over her lost children. Just because she was too arrogant. Do they come to her and say, hey, you're a little bit too arrogant, try to tone it down. They didn't give her a chance. They didn't do any of that stuff. They just decided that she was too arrogant and then... And then so these ancient gods, the, the, the people in this time are used to serving gods who might strike you down for any reason at all, just because they felt like it. So it's like they had to be careful what they asked for. Don't ask the gods for the wrong thing. Don't ask the gods for something they don't want to give you because then they might just strike you down, turn you into stone or murder your family. It kind of, have you ever heard someone say, be careful what you pray for because you might just get it? I feel like people have kind of applied this to, to the God of Scripture. And, and, and we talk about God's will as if he's capricious like this, as if he's looking for ways to ding us, looking for ways to, to find a loophole to punish us. But this doesn't also square with the God I read about in Scripture, the God who is for us. The God who's rescuing us. The God who's giving himself to us. So, the it could be anything at all, but I don't think so. The it could be some mysterious will of God that we have no way of knowing, and we can just have to hope that we pray for the right stuff, or else, or else. But I don't think it's that either. I think there's a phrase in this section that unlocks the key to what it is that we pray for. And when we pray it, when we seek for it, when we knock with it in mind, then we have our doors opened. Let's look at it. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Skip down to verse 11. If you then who are evil know much how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give these good things to those who ask you? Where have we heard the phrase, our Father, 
who is in heaven before. If you're reading the old King James, maybe you might have heard our father who art in heaven. Right? We just said it a few minutes ago. If you're reading the Sermon on the Mount, you've encountered it in the previous chapter. We, we talked about it a few weeks ago when we went over the Lord's Prayer. It's the opening words to the Lord's Prayer. I don't think that's a coincidence. I submit to you that the it that we're supposed to be seeking, asking, and knocking for is nothing less than the Lord's Prayer that he taught us to pray. So when you're coming to God and you're asking and seeking and knocking for your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, guess what? That's an automatic yes. That's the prayer that God's going to answer. When you are asking and seeking and knocking for give us this day our daily bread, that's a shoe in When you come to God and you say, God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, you're going to get them forgiven. When we pray the types of it things that the Lord's prayer teaches us to pray, we find those doors opening. We find those petitions granted. And this is so upside down for the people in this day. Because they are used, they're surrounded by a culture of capricious gods. Gods that will pull the rug out from under you if you don't act right, if you don't do the exact right thing. Or maybe even if you do do the exact right thing, they'll still pull the rug out under you. God does not pull the rug out from under us. You know, I think... Okay, so in these ancient days, they served these gods who, well, they, or they weren't real. So you could pray all day long to a fake god for a bountiful harvest. And if the weather's bad, you're not going to get your bountiful harvest. So they have to think of a reason maybe why that happened. And so maybe I did something wrong. And that, that's kind of how they're thinking about gods. But we don't worship these pagan gods. So how is this upside down for us? How is this backwards for the way we think about things? Well, think about this. It is not uncommon these days to spend your whole career dedicated to a single company. And these companies all have this talk about workplaces being a big old family and, and being a workplace that you can rely on. But as soon as it pays an extra dollar in their shareholders' pockets for you to be laid off, guess what's happening to you? You're laid off. Right? Because these companies, their bottom line is money. It's, it's, it's profit for their shareholders. It's not the goodwill of their workers. You get the rug pulled out from under you in modern life, too. We can do everything right. We can, we can but we serve capricious corporations, capricious people who are all about money and not about faithfulness. God is not like that. God does not pull the rug out from under us. He's not dangling good things in front of you, waiting for you to muster up some unspecified amount of faith in order to give you good things. He loves us like a good father, and he's so trustworthy. 
the world tells us that we'd better get our, keep our head down. Don't ask for too much. Don't seek too much. Don't knock too hard because it won't go well for you. If you rock the boat too much, then God might just get tired of you. Just take care of yourself because no one else is going to take care of you. But guess what? Jesus isn't over here getting annoyed by your asking. He's not over here getting tired of your seeking. And he's not over here bothered by your knocking. He loves you. And he wants to give you good things. So keep knocking. Keep asking. It doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you ask for at all. God doesn't work that way. But he does not get tired of you coming to him. You can trust him to not pull the rug out from under you because he's got your best interests at heart. And the more we line up our prayers with the way Jesus taught us to pray, the better off we're going to be. I think that Jesus included the golden rule as a little tag to this prayer about teaching because God exemplifies the golden rule. God treats us in a way that he would want to be treated. He's good to us. And that's why he expects us to do likewise for other people. We want people to be faithful to us. We want people to reward us for the good things we do. We can't go around pulling the rug out from under people. We can't go around letting people down. If we want people to be trustworthy for us, we got to be trustworthy for them. It's okay to ask God for what we need, especially as he's growing us to ask for things in line with his prayer. It's okay to seek out the good things God's promised to us. It's okay to knock on heaven's door and to keep knocking. And if God doesn't give us what we're asking for, we know that it's not because he pulled the rug out from under us. It's not because he's capricious. It's because he's got something in store for us that's better than what we asked for, even when it's hard to see, even when we have to go through suffering and loss and mourning to get to the other side of that. The thing that God has for us is better than the thing we could have asked for ourselves. So my question for you this morning is, have you been shy about approaching God? Have you been careful about what you pray for just because you're worried that you might just get it? Or do you trust in God's goodness? Do you trust that he's got your best interests at heart? Do you trust that he has not gotten tired of your seeking He's not gotten tired of your knocking. He hasn't gotten tired of you. And you can press into him and trust that he will give you good things. So today, if your prayer life has been anemic, or if you've just gotten tired of asking, I want to invite you to come to the altar and spend some time in prayer. Spend some time knocking at the door of heaven but spend that time in a spirit of trust that whatever God brings you is going to be good. Let's pray. Father, 
so often we've been conditioned, whether it's by our own disappointments, our own lives, whether it's by our culture around us to doubt in your goodness, to think that you're out to get us, or to worry that if we don't measure up just the right way that, that you won't answer our prayers. But God, that's not what your word teaches. You're a good father who has good things in store for us. You're the kind of father who, if we ask you for a fish, you're not going to give us a snake. You're going to give us our daily bread. You're going to forgive us. You're going to show up for us. And so, God, let us come to you in a spirit of trust, continuing to ask, continuing to believe in your goodness and your good intentions for your people. Show us who you are today, Father. In your name I pray. Amen.